How do I learn to desire the Bible? If Jesus was tempted every way we were, does that mean Jesus lusted? Why did God create us if he knew we would sin? Let's get into it. Yeah. The first question. I think the first question before we start anything, intro, whatever. Where is Leon? Leon, you let me down, man. I just, I can't believe it. We called you out last week. Uh, we, we put your question on Connor. He, he came back and you weren't there. So hey, listen, if you're going to call somebody out on the podcast, you better make sure you're there next week That's to exactly defend right. yourself. That's exactly right. Come Leon, on, Leon. Get you're better here. than that. Yeah. You better be here next Wednesday, man. Not this Wednesday. We're on break, but yeah. the weekend after. Enjoy your break. If you're in the beach, I'm so jealous. Facts. So jealous. Facts. We'll be there in a couple weeks though. That's couple right. weeks. Yeah. I'm excited for that. Man, let's get into it. Okay, yeah. so our uh, we had some some more questions, some good ones. All right, some more good ones, and they actually had, um, for the most part, a recurring theme, which is really exciting. Yeah, uh, when 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 that happens, um, most of it is is about either temptation, sin, um, and we'll get into that stuff kind of later. But I I really wanted to answer this one first. And hey, listen, if you guys haven't watched the first one, you can go back. That's on YouTube. Go back and watch that one. That one's really uh, foundational, and I hope that um, everything we do kind of after this kind of builds on right, that. So right. if you have uh, more foundational questions, um, I hope that all of it can be answered in that first yeah. one. Um, and the rest of this stuff that we're going to do might be more topical, um, just kind of depending on what you guys are asking. But yeah, make sure you um, you like and subscribe for right. sure. So that way you know Next. when we're posting. So absolutely, uh, if you don't have social media but you have YouTube, I've heard you have to hit the, um, the little notification bell. bell. Wow, that's the first time I ever got to say that. <laughs> <Yeah>. <laughs> right, that's exciting. Make sure you hit the bell so you can be notified when our next video is posted. Smash that like button. Yeah, that's good stuff. Okay, so. I, I like this first question, um, really officially second question, because Leon, I don't know where you're at, man, but officially second question, um, and this came from our Warrior Seals in Hartzell. Let's go. Uh, so nobody but our Hartzell folks knows who the heck the Warrior Seals are. They're our ninth and 10th grade girls group. Uh, Katie Henry is leading that group, uh, just a fantastic group all the way around. That's awesome. Um, but... Uh, yeah, they've dubbed themselves the Warrior Seals. I don't really know what other way to say it other than okay. that. But anyways, they asked this. They said, how do I learn to desire the Bible? And I think that is such a good question, man. That's like, a great question. It's it's a question I think uh, at some point in our lives, we're all going to have to ask ourselves you know, right. or, or figure it out for ourselves. Um, because when we take the Bible for face value as a sinner, as somebody who doesn't desire a relationship right. with God, it's long it can seem boring. It can right. seem in some ways very, very, very confusing. And so how do we desire to actually, you know, pick this book up, um, this thousands of years old text, try to understand it, try to decipher it, try to find our meaning inside of it. Like, you know, how do we desire that? And I think, you know, that's just such an excellent question. I think my my short answer, and, and, and the reality is it's different for everybody. I think everybody finds their, um, their desire for the Bible different. Some people who are much more, feelings oriented much more emotional you know they they'll connect to it because of the way it it resides in their heart right the way it speaks to them or the way um uh it makes them feel um which is a true it's a real thing i think many people can try to you know take feelings out of christianity 
But that's just so not true. Our God has feelings. He has emotions. So people who are more oriented that way are going to connect to the Bible that way. Um, me, I'm, I'm kind of on the other end. I've, I feel more analytical. Uh, most, I, I love to learn. So, you know, the Bible, which is essentially a, a massive textbook on life, you right. know, on, on the uh, deciphering uh, my heart and my feelings, my emotions, the things that I desire, all that. That's why I learn it. That's why I like to learn it because it's, you know, it's, it's like reading the best textbook ever written. Um, but, I, you know, think, I think everybody's different and, and the way that they learn to desire the Bible is different. What do you think, Joe? Like what, what resonates to you? I think, um, I think you have to find the reason to desire it. Right. You know, like I think it's, um, I think for me what shifted was, um, you know, understanding that uh, in the beginning of John, you know, it says the word was God, the word right. was with God, and the word became flesh and dwelt among us. Um, and then you see Jesus later talk about that he's the bread of life and eat of this flesh, eat of this bread, you know, you gain eternal life. And I think what Jesus is saying is, um, is that, you know, maybe he doesn't dwell among us in the flesh, but he did leave us mm-hmm. his word. Um, and his word is attached to him. And I think that, um, I think the way that you learn to desire to read the Bible is to desire to find Jesus in it, right? you know, and find his truth, find his character, find his love. Mm-hmm. Um, you know, I think we both can sit here and say that there's been times where we have read the Bible. And although we may, I, I definitely, I feel like I'm definitely more emotional than you. So when you say, you know, feelings and the way it makes me feel for sure that mm-hmm. I connect to that, but I would have to say that there has been times where you've probably read the Bible and just been absolutely wrecked because yeah, you just see God's love. You see his mercy, you see his grace um, and you see his character. And I think that that's, I think when you begin to see that and you begin to discover that is the desire grows even more right. because you're experiencing a love that is honestly uncomprehendable. Like right. it doesn't make sense. Right. Like the wages of sin was death and Jesus paid it. Like, right. like, you know what I'm saying? It's just, so I think the desire, you have to figure out what are you, what are you trying to desire? Right. Like, what are you trying to get out of reading the Bible? Is it to make you a better person or are you reading the Bible to make you more like Jesus? Right. You know, and yeah, see absolutely. his story, see his experiences, see, um, his love, see his way, you know? And I think that, um, I think when you discover that is when you, that desire starts to grow. I know that that personally, that's what happened for me was I I wasn't reading the Bible for knowledge or to write another sermon, but it was literally to find Jesus in the text. Mm. Yeah. I made a statement, um, either last week or or a couple weeks ago from the state, uh, from the, yeah, from the platform, I think, uh, in this instance, it was the Holy spirit. Yeah. Helping me. I don't say that all the time, but I really do believe this now because I didn't even realize what I was saying until afterwards. Now right. I'm realizing the Those kind are the of weight moments. of it. Right. Right. That's what you long for as yeah, a preacher. For is sure. The fact that, you know, it didn't come from your own head. Anyways. Right. Um, but I said nobody reads um, the Bible with an open heart and it remains the same afterwards. And I think that that's the case no matter what you're, you know, how you're oriented, right. what we're talking about, different orientations as far as like a feelings right. or, a, or a more analytical and uh, um, 
But whatever the case, if you read the Bible with an open heart and desire a change inside, it's going to come. Absolutely. That's, that's the, <clears throat> what we just talked about last week is that the Bible sharper than two ed, any, any two edged sword. It's alive. It's breathing and right. it reads us. Right. That's so true. Right. And God created each and every one of us in our own way, but right. the Bible knows us right. and reads us. And so your desire grows just like what we're talking about. Your desire grows whenever you just come to it with an open heart and, and want to uh, be closer to Jesus. Just like what you said. Yeah. Yeah. That's a great question. And it's something that you can't, you can't quantify. You're going to have to figure it out for yourself. Right. You know, like we can't give you the, the right steps. You know, we can give you a good start and where to start reading or anything like that. But you're going to find the desire yourself when you, when you actually, um, jump into the word. And yeah. And I think it's for it. us too. It's like, we've, I've, I've lost a desire before. Yeah, absolutely. But I think I, I had to re refocus and mm-hmm. realign. Why was I reading this? And mm-hmm. it's cause I just, I've, I've was just looking for the next sermon or the next right. word and I lost finding Jesus in the text. And right. that's just what I have to come back to mm-hmm. every time. Right. Every absolutely. Time. For sure. Yeah, that's good. So we'll go to the next one. And, yeah. and this is where we um, this is where we get into the common thread here. I think we're actually going to hit this all the way through. Yeah. Um, but somebody, uh, I believe this was also from our Hartsville campus. I can't remember, but it says, if Jesus was tempted and experienced everything that man has experienced, does that mean that Jesus lusted? And the, the, this, the question shows... Um, a little bit of a misunderstanding of what Jesus experienced on earth. Right. And that, believe me, no, you know, nobody's at fault here. I'm, I'm glad you're asking the question. That's a, that's a great question. Um, but Hebrews 14, I'm sorry, Hebrews 4, 15 tells us um, that we don't, it, it, this is what it says, word for word. It says, for we do not have a high priest who's Jesus. When, when uh, the author of Hebrews is talking about the high priest, he's talking about Jesus. It says, so we don't have um, a high priest who is unable to sympathize and understand our weakness and our temptation. But we have one who has been tempted in every respect as we are. And here is the most important part. It says, yet without committing any sin. So it is, it's 100% true that Jesus was tempted in every way that we could be tempted. And that's one of the reasons Jesus had to be a human in order to, uh, in order for us to be able to follow him everything. And I think that this is so beautiful. And, and every time I think about it, it's, it's just incredible, but Everything that we can bring to Jesus, definitely every temptation, anything that we can bring to him, he, the, this is what the word says, that he's able to sympathize with us and understand what we're going through. Why? Because he did it himself. Right. He went through it himself. Um, but the difference between us and him was that he did it with committing no sin. So there's a fundamental um, kind of uh, reality that we need to understand about the difference between temptation and sin. Um, and we even have a verse, uh, uh, in James, James one, 14 through 15, that talks about it a little bit. Um, it, it breaks it down in a really good way. I like the way it says it. it says each person, you know, everybody is tempted when they're dragged away by their own evil desires and enticed. So everybody has temptation, even Jesus, everybody had temptation, temptations out there for everybody free of charge. Just because you're a, you're a son of Adam, you've got temptation. That's what comes. Um, then after uh, uh, desire has conceived, it gives birth to sin. So basically what it's saying is the desire itself, 
the temptation itself is not sin, right? Everybody goes through that. Where where sin comes into play is when we act on that temptation. Right. And so, um, you know, in in the in this question, what we're talking about lust. Well, Jesus told us. Um, I can't remember exactly where he said it, but he said in the old covenant, which is the old Testament, he talks about how, um, basically lust is just when you commit on the act, when you commit adultery, that's a sin. That's what it says under the old covenant covenant under the new covenant. What Jesus states is that if you even think about yourself committing adultery, then you've already committed adultery in your own heart. Right. So it, it, this may sound really deep, but I, but I hope that we're trying to break it down in a, in a way that you can understand, but not the temptation to commit adultery, but committing it in your heart. That's where the sin right. comes into play. Right. When you desire it and act on it, not yeah. even acting with your, with your flesh, with your body, but acting in your heart, you yeah. know, desiring after it. That's what, right. that's where lust comes into play. Right. So the difference between us and Jesus is that he had the temptation, but he never fell into the act of it, even in his own heart. So no, to the short answer, no, Jesus didn't commit um, lust. He didn't commit adultery, even in his heart. He was tempted and he did it the right way. Right. So um, I think Jesus lived out the the proverb, guard your heart above all things. Right. You know, that's, that's just what he did. But I also think that he was so close to the father, Mm -hmm. like he, I mean, he, he's probably spent majority of his ministry and his life in God's presence. Right. And it's really hard to commit sin when you're, right. when you're, you're like in communion with God throughout the day and Absolutely. throughout the, like, it's very hard because, you know, what, what he did was he was holy. He was mm-hmm. pure. He was set apart. And so. Yeah, those temptations probably come, but they were probably really easy to right. resist. Right. And you know, James also says resist the resist the devil, and mm-hmm. he will flee from you. Absolutely. Um, and I think that it's understanding what you just said. Mm-hmm. Um, that if you just resist that, um, and not only that, you see Jesus was tempted uh, after he was baptized in the Jordan River and in the wilderness, and he combated that with the word of God. And so just like we've been talking about, not only can the word of God transform you, right. it can protect you. Right. It can help you. It can, um, it can be your ally, right. you know, and, and to help your temptations. Right. Um, so I th- yeah, I think, I think it's, um, uh, most people would look at the Bible, look at the rules, look at the scripture and say, man, that's a, it's, it's a, it's another form of condemnation toward me. It shows me where I don't line up. Right. And that's, it's, it does show us where we don't line up. That is true. But that's not the heart of why it does it. It does right. it just like what you said, so it can protect us. And when we have these verses, and when we when we have the scripture, I, I, I'm looking at, I'm thinking about things just like what you talked about. Resist the devil, and he will flee from you. That's a sword. That's a weapon for us. I know, man. That's if you have that in your heart, that's empowering. Right, right. And it also lets you know that he's below your freaking feet. Right, man. like he has no power. Right, like we are spirit filled. We have the God of the universe that resurrected Jesus that lives on the inside of us. God wants us to understand we have power. Right. We can resist him. He mm-hmm. is nothing. And I say that with full assurance. Yeah. I think about the story with Billy Graham. Have you ever heard the story where, uh, where the devil's at his, yeah, at his bed? Feet and he's like, yeah. oh, it's you. And yeah, he goes back wake, to bed. wakes him up yeah. in the middle of the night. The devil's at his, at his bedside. Yeah. He's like, oh, it's you. Yeah. Goes back to sleep. Exactly. And that same <laughs> confidence and assurance is what we have. Right. We just have, it's, it's believing what we're reading, right? You know, and that's that's so it's huge. The Bible says, uh, G- Jesus said, "Greater things than this will you do." Right. 
greater things than, than the things that Jesus did on the earth, turning water into wine, walking on water, raising himself from the dead, like greater things than this will you do right. because you have the same spirit living inside of you. Come on. And so when we read the stories of Jesus, we can look at stories of ourselves as well if we align ourselves with his spirit. Um, it's not, it's not, this is the whole book is a book of victory in ways that we can walk out, um, God's will. And I think that that's so big and it brings us to, um, a question that Rowan, my boy Rowan asked, he says, what are good verses to deal with temptation? And we've already hit a couple of them. Um, and those are things I would memorize, man, read them every morning. Um, because when you're in the middle of the temptation, the last thing you're going to want to do is go look up these scriptures. Right, hundred um, percent. So I already have them on your heart, but I like the I like one in First um, Corinthians ten thirteen. It says, "No temptation has overtaken you such as is common to man." So basically, what he's saying is, there is no temptation that you cannot find your way out of. There's n- literally nothing. Whatever you find yourself struggling with on a daily basis, I think about um, uh, the sin that I've that I've walked through in my own life, the temptation I've experienced in my own life. Lust was a big thing for me personally, and I felt in the moment like there was absolutely no way I'm getting out of this situation. Like when when the temptation hits, I'm a slave in that right. moment. That right. it's going to happen. I don't, it doesn't matter. It's going to happen. And I did not have this verse memorized that no temptation has overcome me except what's common to everybody, what everybody has experienced. And so we have the ability to get out of that because what it says is that God, it says God is faithful right after that, um, who will not allow you to be t- uh, tempted beyond what you're able, but with the temptation will also make the way of escape that Come you on. may be able to bear it. I mean, that right there, that's that's it. That's, that's, it. that's really the only moment that, you deny. That's exactly right. With And I think of it this way. I think this is, this is kind of cool that um, what he talks about, when every temptation comes, there's also a way of escape. And I like to think of that as an opportunity being presented every time we're tempted. And um, I, I love, too, what C.S. Lewis says. And um, I'll, I'll kind of wrap this into one picture here if I feel like I'm going everywhere. But um, C.S. Lewis says, every time you make a choice, you're turning the central part of you, the part of you that chooses, into something a little different than what it was before. You're slowly turning the central thing either into a heavenly creature or a hellish creature. So basically what C.S. Lewis is saying is, you know, we got this compass and every time we make a decision, it points us in one direction, right? It slowly takes us right. to the way of a, of, of a hellish creature or one of a heavenly creature. That's and this so is good. the exact same same thing with with temptation when temptation arises we have a decision to make because we have a way out that's exactly we we definitely have a way to fall into it right and we get to make the decision of who we're going to be after this temptation i think that that's so inspiring to me and and like uh uh, it, it gives me confidence when when in, when a temptation comes that when I get on the other side of this and I've done it the right way and I know what I'm supposed to do and I come out of it victorious, I've turned myself into a little bit better of a creature than that's I was a, before. That's exactly right. You know, I think that that's a, that's a great opportunity we're given. Absolutely. And yeah. Tem- and that's the thing. Temptation is not easy. And, right. And, and it's it's honestly never going to be easy. And I think right. the temptations, the, the more heavenly you get, the the more hellish the devil's going to come, right. you know, uh, and and it's and the harder it's going to get because um, he wants to see you fall. He yeah. he, he um, I love I, I heard this picture one time that um, you know it, John ten ten the, the mm-hmm. enemy uh, no not John not John ten ten but the enemy um, is like a lion roaring mm-hmm. uh, seeking whom he shall devour mm-hmm. and uh, a pastor of mine. T- when I was just in my teenage, not teenage years, but college years, I was like, 
he roars like a lion. He's not a lion. <laughs> so good. You know, like Jesus is the lion right. of Judah. The devil wants to be like him. Right. Uh, he wants that power. He wants that authority, but he will never have it. That's so good. And, I've never uh, heard that. And, and I just, I remember being like, man, you know, just like what I was talking about, he's below my feet. And I mm-hmm. think temptation gets easier when you realize your place in the kingdom. Mm-hmm. Temptation gets easier when you realize the authority you have as a, as a follower of Jesus. Right. Um, and I think that um, uh, I think this is this is so true. What what C.S. Lewis is talking about because you have to when you when you think about life and you think about where you're going, what do you want to become? Mm-hmm. You know, if you have that end goal of of becoming like Jesus and and fulfilling your calling and 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 you know making a difference on this planet and uh, you know just bringing life uh, mm-hmm. to this planet, I think temptation gets a lot easier to defeat i think right. for for us as as pastors i mean um we still deal with temptation but Absolutely. man i have not only i have so much at stake that i could lose that mm-hmm. i've invested into this kingdom right. and invested into my walk with jesus that i could just give up but i also have grown so much that those temptations they're not even worth it right you know they're they're right. not even worth it the only time the only thing I would really say that I would fall into that is if I was just so far from the presence of God, right? You know, and right. I think that it's when you when you enter into God's presence over and over again, mm-hmm. those temptations become very very hard, right? To to act on when you know your worth, just like what you're talking about. When you know your worth, when you know what God calls you to, when you know your calling, right? Your calling's way too important to mess up with these little yep crappy temptations. Yep. And I know that sounds so, uh, you know, easy um, because I understand the temptations that we're all going through and I understand how big they feel and how, and how, um, uh, you know, how massive they, they can seem in our life. But the reality is our calling is so much bigger. And so when we ever understand that truly, we're not going to want to fall into that kind right. of stuff. It's not going to be, you know, just like what you talked about, it gets easier, not because the temptation is any, any is, is any less. Right. Temptation is probably a lot more, but our calling and our, our willpower that God puts inside yeah. of us, not our own, right. Cause we're never going to be able to do it ourselves. but that's so much stronger than any temptation. That's we exactly face. right, man. Yeah. That's so good. This is what, um, Galatians five sixteen through 17 says, it says, I say, then walk in the spirit and you shall not fulfill the lust of the flesh. That, I mean, it gives us the best picture we can have walk in the spirit and the, the lust of the flesh, which is all temptation. It's not just, you know, um, not just lust, but any temptation, it shall not be fulfilled because we're walking in the spirit for the flesh lust against the spirit and the spirit against the flesh. And these are contrary to one another so that you do not have the things that you wish. Um, so you, so you do not do the things that you wish. So I mean, just get close to the spirit and don't worry about, you know, don't worry about whether or not you're going to fall into temptation. Just get right. close to the spirit and you won't. And then, um, Psalms one one nineteen nine says, how can a young man cleanse his way by taking heed according to your word? Just follow God's word. It's all in there. That's all we need. And that kind of brings us to our last, um, our last question here, our last topic. Um, uh, somebody asked, why did God create us if he knew that we would sin? And then another person asked, and I think these kind of these tie together, it says, if God knew that we were going to die, then why are we alive? 
I think that those are really good questions. What do you think? I feel like we could talk this whole the rest of the podcast. Right. And that, you know what I mean? Like, right. like we could talk for an hour. Seriously. Um, I think Just there's a lot of week. theories, you know, like yeah. there's a lot of, um, I'll say, I, I would say to just start this question off, why did God create us if he knew we would sin? Mm-hmm. Um, I think you have to understand God doesn't make mistakes. Right. Um, I think what you also have to understand is God made us with the intention of love. Mm-hmm. And with that love, he gave us the choice to choose to love him back. Right. Um, I, I love thinking about it like this as like a, a business partner, right? Um, they go in on a business together. They go in on a deal together. Um, but both have two ends of the deal, mm-hmm. right? God went into this creating mankind, hoping that mankind would keep their end of the deal, right. knowing that he was a God that would never, right. never let down. He right. was a God that would never be unfaithful. He's a God that would never let his end of the bargain down. Mm-hmm. But he trusted in us to hold to hit mm-hmm. a hold to the deal to being partners in this planet building a civil, right. you know built like we talked about last week building something for the kingdom um so i think god went into it um choosing to trust us right. which uh, is which is foundational to love right, right. exactly it's trusting and us. so um i think he I think he may, he could have known we were going to sin. I, right. I don't know. I don't know. God is all, is all powerful, all knowing. Could he have chosen to, to not right. make himself know what we would right. do so that he could trust right. us? You know, right. um, I think there, there's so many theories. I, I don't think we'll ever have the understanding. Right. I really don't. Um, I think that one of my pastors in college used to say, I can't wait to get to heaven to watch Holy Spirit Netflix. Right. Like just get to see all the stories yeah. and just, um, but I, I think the understanding that you have to to get is God didn't make a mistake. Mm-hmm. What he did is he chose to trust us. Right. And he he allowed us to sin. Right. You know? Because us if we chose not to sin, oh my goodness, the love that he would receive right. from that. Right. Um Jaron, do you have anything? Yeah. I think all of that. It, it the the reality is that when we were created, uh we were just simply incapable of, of not falling. And that just, that's just comes in our nature. Um, and that wasn't because of a design flaw. That's just the, the, the flaw of the, of, um, of our personality. Right. And so God trusted because like, just what could you talking about? Um, God wants that, that love from us and he wants it unprompted. He wants it because, uh, because we want to love him right now at any point, God could have made us little Christian robots that could do nothing but worship him. But that's not true worship. God knows that. Uh, true worship is then with with our own free will that God gives us. We choose Him, and so for all the the billions of people that were created that would never follow Him, there are us, the people uh, who do choose Him, and that is so much more pure than billions and billions and billions of robots, right? Right. And so um, that was, you know, that was all the, always the intention. It was for the people who would follow him. And, and of course, with the creation, I'm sure he desired that everybody um, from the very beginning would always choose him, but that's not the nature of humanity. And so, yeah, to, to, to answer that, God knew, of course, I, I, like you said, he's all knowing. He probably knew the end from the beginning um, and he, uh, he very well could have chosen um, not to, but I think there was. Um, he probably knew all the timelines. Right. He knew all the like. If if Adam and Eve didn't do it, he knew somebody else would do it. He knew I would do it. You mm-hmm. know what I'm saying? Like he knew somebody was probably going to do it. Right. I think he had trust 
that mankind wouldn't. And right. I think that shows his love. Right. You know, because if he knew we were going to do it and he's a just God, he would have just wiped us out. Right. You know, but he didn't. Right. Um, uh, I think he, I think it's, it's a beautiful story. It yeah. really is to think about creating something that will hurt. I mean, I think about it. I created my daughter, right. Mm-hmm. And, and with, with my wife, I love her to death. I can't even think about her, but she will hurt me. Right. Like the truth is she will lie to me. Mm-hmm. She will disobey me. And that will hurt. Does right. that make me make, mean I'm going to love her less? Absolutely not. That means I'm going to get closer to her. Right. I'm going to, I want more relationships so that we can be open and talk and be transparent. And she can tell me what she's struggling with. And maybe if I'm communicating something wrong, I, it's, 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 that is the beauty of the father right. and his children. Right. Is that although we, well, I mean, they, they send and they went and clothed themselves and, and leaves. And he's like, where are you? Right. He didn't, he didn't kill them. Right. They, they deserve death. The wages of sin is death. Right. Um, but he went and found them. Right. You know, those were his, sent his son. Right. To take their place. Exactly. It's, it's unbelievable. I mean, yeah. it, 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 I, I tear up thinking, I right. mean, it's unbelievable. Right. And that, that's the beauty of this conversation is that you're asking, how do I desire to read the Bible? Mm-hmm. This, mm-hmm. I get overwhelmed reading different stories where I see this, this was the plan all along. Right. This was the plan all. And I see Jesus in the stories. Mm-hmm. Um, I, I think, um, if God knew we were going to die, then why are we alive? I think God's intentions were for us to never die. Right. Right. Would you say that's? Yeah, absolutely. And when we, um, you go back to the garden and I think the garden is the, uh, at the very beginning is the picture of the life that we were called to live. Right. right. And, um, had there been no sin, we'd still be there today. Probably. Um, I guess we absolutely would, I guess that's not even probable. It's, it's a, for sure. If there was no sin, um, when they chose to sin, um, by eating the, the tree of the knowledge of good and evil, there was another tree, the tree of life, which was free for us to eat. Like Adam and Eve could have chose to eat from the tree of life at any time they wanted to. There was only one tree they couldn't eat, which was the tree of knowledge. Um, so at, and, and, and what that means to us is eternal life because the Bible even talks about, well, now they've eaten from the tree of knowledge. We can't let them eat from the tree of life or they'll live forever. Right. And so, um, what that looks like to us actually, which is a really cool parallel. Many people believe that the tree of life was just simply Jesus in the garden. And that if they had chose Jesus at any, at any point, that's where eternal life comes from. Right. And we're given that opportunity today yeah. um, under the new covenant. Anybody's given the opportunity right. to choose the tree of life, which is eternal life which has us living forever. And so, right, it was the original intent, but with sin comes death. That's just a fact. That's That's just just a reality of the situation. It's not a, you know, God didn't design that. It's whenever we choose something that departs from God, it leads to death. That's just the truth. Right. And so we chose death. God didn't choose death. He did. That's exactly right. Uh, Or we did. That's good. That's good, And then... There's the tree of life. So, you know, we, we still have that opportunity today, um, even though death in a mortal sense is something completely different than, than spiritual death. Mm-hmm. Um, there will come a day when when um, the Bible talks about how the road to hell is very wide. The road to heaven is very narrow. And so only a few in reality, um, you know, not everybody who goes to church on Sunday or Wednesday night is going to heaven. It's only the people who chose the tree of life, which is Jesus Christ. Right. 
And so even though we all choose the tree of knowledge every single day, we all have the opportunity to choose the tree of life, which leads to eternal life. And so, um, man, that, I mean, I what, think this is cool. I, I, I'm, I've, I've, I read this one time, but I don't think this is like hundred percent true, but it's a really cool thought right? that the tree of life represents Jesus, but that Jesus on the day of crucifixion was hung on a tree mm-hmm. representing the tree of life. Right. I, I, that's a cool thought. I'm not saying that's hundred percent true, but it's just something really cool to think about. What if God really was that ironic, right. you know, just that coincidental right. that he hung on a tree. Um, so it's, it's just really cool. I, I think this is such a good conversation. Mm-hmm. Um, I'm really excited for, uh, I'm really excited for the last week. Right. I think it's going to be really, 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 really good. Yeah, I agree. I agree. Not, not, uh, when this Wednesday, but the next, no, not even then, but yeah. the Wednesday after April 12th. that. Yeah. April so we'll 12th. have a lot of time to yeah. get our thoughts together for the last week. It's going to be exciting. Yeah. We kept this one uh, shorter for you guys, hopefully, because honestly there wasn't as much uh, to cover. We did a lot more foundational in the beginning, like what we talked about. Um, and we covered a lot of ground and now it's more topical. And I hope you guys got something out of this. And I know you could get something out of this because we're all dealing with temptation. We're all dealing with sin and we all need to desire the Bible more. So man, great questions. You guys are awesome. We love y'all. We love y'all. Hey, we will see you guys when we come back a couple Wednesdays from now. And um, man, let's just have fun. We love you guys. We'll see y'all then. See ya.